Talk with Dr. Michael Smith, MD. And now, here's the country doctor with a city education, Dr. Mike. My guest is Dr. Adele Ryan McDowell. She's a practicing psychotherapist. Uh, she's been a crisis hotline responder for like 30 years. And she wrote a book, Making Peace with Suicide, a book of hope, understanding, and comfort. Dr. Adele, welcome to Healthy Talk. Thank you so much, Dr. Mike. Let's let's get the websites in there again. Adele Ryan McDowell dot com and give me that second one uh, one more time. Uh, Making peace with suicide dot com. And if you're interested for a little something different, there's also Adele and the Penguin dot com where we talk about how to make sense in an upside down world. So it, it, I, see now now you now I have a whole bunch of other questions I want to ask you about a penguin. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we have, I want to the next topic here. So this is this is um, obviously I think most people will recognize that there's a connection between suicide and, and and substance abuse. But you you go much deeper than just that superficial idea that there might be a, a connection. You wrote something when when we were discussing having you come on the show uh, either you wrote this dr adele or maybe your uh pr director wrote it but it says from the term drink yourself to death to witnessing a world a world run amok with substance abuse and suicide substance abuse and suicide run parallel paths and they also intersect so what okay so explain to me what you mean by running parallel paths okay great and actually i did write that okay so here's what okay. i mean <laughs> So substance abuse and suicide are, are ways to not deal with feelings. They're, you know, you're, you're saying, one, you could say addiction is a way to stuff or blunt feelings, and suicide is a way to end feelings. You, you don't want, you don't want to deal with it anymore, or the feelings are too much. So we would say addiction is a maladaptive coping response that when used with enough frequency and depending on your biological makeup, you can, you know, you do become an addict. You can use, and then you can be a substance user. You can become a substance abuser, and then that can lead you to addiction. Suicide and addiction are very similar because when people have been using drugs and alcohol, and, and the numbers on teenagers, Dr. Mark, teen, the, the research on teenagers and young adults who have taken their lives it's something like 67, 69, 70, somewhere in there, 70% of those suicides have been influenced by drug and alcohol use, right? So we know that the kids are experimenting, right? That's what the teenagers do. Well, actually, Dr. Dell, let me ask a question. Hold that thought. Just let me, because this just something came up here. So, in, in, and I don't get good questions all the time. So when they come, I just have to ask them, Dr. Dell. But, so, <laughs> he, he, so. Okay, but what what comes first? So you say seventy percent of teenage suicides right. have some have a, have have a, uh, substance abuse problems. Was it the substance or, or abuse they, problem I'm that drove a mood? Were, I'm not saying they have a substance yes. abuse problem. I'm saying that the al- that alcohol and drugs were used at the time of their suicide. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, all right. See, that's a good clarification. Okay, so seventy yeah. percent of teenage suicides. A, a chemical substance was involved. Exactly. That's what we're saying. Oh, I got you. Yeah, okay. Exactly. All right. Well, let, let's yeah. go. Let's go back to then this idea that that suicide and, and addiction run this parallel path. And as, as a matter of fact, you also wrote, Doctor Adele, something along the lines of addiction is kind of like a slow form of suicide. Why don't you explain that? Absolutely. 
when the addiction has been chronic and long-term and it's progressed to a place where there's major physical and psychological impairment, I think we're looking at a slow form of suicide. We will find that the addict has has refused any and all offers of assistance. Um, they are resigned to their mystery, kind of get the F away from me, uh, most likely suffer from some form of mental illness, and they're emotionally withdrawn. You know, they, they hate the world and they hate themselves. You know, um, the addict has become hopeless, self-sabotaging, and they can be very defiant or passive-aggressive. And even if there have been repeated attempts at recovery or rehab or Medicare, there's the antagonist, um, um, anti-agonist, I, I can't say that word right, of the medications, there's still chronic relapse behavior. They, it just becomes intractable, and their emotions yeah. are shut, shut down. But you'll also see this not only in... Another perfect example of addiction as a slow form of suicide is with anorexia. I mean, oh. young, uh, particularly I've seen young women who have been hospitalized 20 times in their life. You know, you can, their teeth uh, have fallen out. Their hair is just a little whisper around their head. Um, you, they, you know, you see their skeleton profoundly, and they say, I'm too bad. You know, their, their yeah. thinking is so skewed. And they are they are on that road, and their family will say, so, "I just wish they'd hurry up and die." Go ahead, Doctor Adele. So, if if suicide, if if seventy percent of teenage suicides, and and I would have to imagine it's pretty high for adult suicide as well. If if a substance, a yeah. chemical substance, is involved with that, if mm-hmm. does that does that translate then to family members and friends who might recognize some of those signs of suicide we talked about before? I mean, obviously, then I'm gonna. The, one of the things I want to do is make sure I watch them and keep them away from all s- chemical substances, right? I mean, because right. it seems like that substance is going to give them that. I hate to say it this way, that courage to go through with their plans of suicide. It seems like. I think it can. I think it also can give you that. First of all, you can get so emotionally labile, right? And you can think, "Oh my God!" And you take yourself to the rabbit hole you can't get out of. Um, I think. For some people, you can become much more impulsive, right? Uh, you do things you would normally do when you're not under the influence. And if you're in a bad place, some people will say, I'm a bad drunk, meaning when they drink or drug, they go into a very, very depressed place, and they know that about themselves because mm. alcohol is um, a central nervous system uh, depressant, right? It, 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 it brings you down. Uh, years ago, I'm working in a drug clinic, and the number there is with heroin users, for example, there is, um, am I getting my words right, an invert. The more heroin you use, the less alcohol you're using. The more alcohol you're using, the less heroin, and that's with heroin users. And there was a theory years ago that came out that uh, many heroin users came to be because of unresolved grief issues, right? And they mm-hmm. were dealing with their depression with that. Now, whether true or false, it's an interesting thing to consider. Yeah. yeah. So now, okay, when I was a resident in, in right. medical school, I'm sorry, when I was a medical student, not in my residency, when I was a medical student, we right. had to do during the psych rotation in our fourth year, we had to do some crisis management type uh, training. And right. I remember the psychiatrist there saying that if you ever do somebody who's in, a, who's in acute suicide risk, that it is good to actually talk to them about the specific way they plan on killing themselves. And apparently talking that out is helpful. What do you think about that? 
Oh, listen, I'm laying on the table. I have someone who's being discharged from the psych hospital today, and I'm seeing them later this afternoon. And she was trolling through the Internet at the, uh, in the middle of the night looking at suicide sites and had lost one husband to suicide. Uh, and, you know, I walked in one day to see her, and she had, you know, smashed her head into the door frame, right? Um, oh, you know, we thought, okay, what are we doing here? And there are people I will even do what I call a suicide contract with. When I say, are you suicidal? And some people say, I'm tired of living, you know, if they came and took me away, that would be okay, but I don't have a plan. And there are other people who say, I have a plan. Um, I don't want to tell you what it is. And there are people who, I have on my phone, Dr. Mike, a picture of a Manhattan bridge where one of my clients was standing. Now, he did Mm. not jump, but he got close. He had a, a huge catharsis up there on the bridge. And um, and he did not jump. But with that man, he said to me, if my life doesn't get better by May, I'm taking my life. So, we, you know, we talk about it. And I say, okay. Yeah, make a contract. You need, That's interesting. You, you, need, you need to write letters to your... You, yeah. I want getting, you to, Dr. Right. Adele, unfortunately, we're, we're at the end of oh, our, our time together. It was <laughs> No, that's okay. This was awesome, and it was very, very helpful. Maybe we can have you come back on. Uh, AdeleRyanMcDowell.com 